Welcome, everyone, to the Natural News Show. Today, we are joined by Dr. Jane Goodall. You all probably know who she is. She's really a living legend in the areas of of, uh, study of primate behavior, sustainable uh, living philosophies throughout the planet. She's the founder, of course, of the Jane Goodall Institute at janegoodall.org. O-R-G, that's .org. She joins us today to discuss issues of sustainable life around the planet. Thank you very much, Dr. Goodall, for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure to talk with you. It's my pleasure indeed. You you are, in fact, one of the scientists that I studied uh, early on, and uh, you've been an inspiration to myself and so many others around the world. But it's been now... Almost 50 years since you first went to Gombe Stream National Park to study primates and made your widely known observations about primate behavior, tool making, and so on. What What's your perspective now on uh, the world, your top realizations, let's say, about the world at this point in your life? Well, I think the, um, the realization is that um, we have made rather a mess we humans have really left a very, very heavy, unpleasant ecological footprint on this beautiful planet. And, you know, so the the main thing I'm thinking now is ways in which we can address the problem that we've created. And I think what's tremendously important is that people do have a sense of hope amidst the doom and the gloom, because if people lose hope, they, uh, they, they, they give up. And it's very easy to lose hope when you look at the enormity of the environmental problems that we face and the social problems for that matter. Yes. So, you know, that's, that's not three things, but that's that really everything else I think fits into what I realized today is that we have made major mistakes and it's about time we start putting them back together. One of the things you observed, have observed over these years, is the the destruction of the natural habitat, not just for primates but for other forms of life. And yet, yes. that destruction has continued. How how do you see that potentially turning around? I think it's going to turn around. You know, obviously we need some more legislation in some cases, but it's uh, raising awareness. It's helping people understand. It's helping to alleviate the crippling poverty that actually destroys the environment in order that people destroy the environment in order to survive. You know, let's cut down the last trees, not because we want to, but because we have to, to grow food to feed ourselves and our families. So you get this creeping desertification in the tropics, you know, and, and I have special hope in the youth. That's why I spend so much time working with our youth program, Roots and Shoots, because once young people know what the problems are and they are empowered to take action, my goodness, they are they are changing the world as we speak. That's that's a really good point. Do you do you think that today's younger generation are they able to see and recognize the interconnectedness between the animals out there, the primates, the insects, the ocean life, and their own futures? Because that that's been a real challenge, I think, for for many generations, to get people to recognize the, the, the web of interconnectedness of life on our planet? Mm, I think it's, it's, it's happening. And once again, you know, education plays this key role and not sitting in a classroom and learning or just gazing into computer screens on the Internet, but actually going out and getting involved with, with nature and, 
feeling nature in your fingers and smelling it. And that's what gives um, young people the, the powerful understanding of how everything works together. You can't go into a forest, for example, and spend a little time there and not realize how everything's interconnected. You just see it. Uh, that brings me to your, your institute, the Jane Goodall Institute. That's, once again, at janegoodall.org. And the spelling uh, of your last name, just for those listening, is G-O-O-D-A-L-L, janegoodall.org. It's all good. <laughs> it's very easy. Very easy. All good. Uh, your institute is involved in a lot of interesting projects. You, you already mentioned Roots and Shoots, uh, a program for youth. What, what else is your institute engaged in right now? Okay, well, we are, of course, continuing the study of those famous Gombe chimpanzees, which is now uh, next July, July the 14th, 2010, will be the 50th anniversary of the day when I, with my intrepid mother, first set foot on the shores of Gombe, uh, which is pretty amazing, isn't it? Half a century. So, um, so carrying on with the chimp study. But then that led to a realization that if we didn't improve the lives of the people living so close around this tiny, tiny national park, that there was no way we could save the chimps. So our Take Care program, that's T-A-C-A-R-E, Take Care, uh, that is are now involving 24 villages, improving their lives in a completely holistic way. And at the same time as we're, you know, providing information about better health care and family planning, uh, microcredit for women, better farming methods for the very degraded land, ways of ways of restoring overused farmland without pesticides so that it can become productive again. I'm glad you bring up this point that saving or protecting the animals there and protecting their habitat really is intertwined with the economic needs of the, the, the local villages, the, their needs for food, their needs for uh, a sustainable living, and being able to then teach them new ways to go about uh, thriving in their areas without harming the animals is really key. And in some cases, it's go back to the old ways that they got, that they got forgotten, mostly due to intervention by... Um, I would like to say usually well-meaning white people, but that wasn't always the case. Yes. So going back to the old traditional ways is, is sometimes extremely important. Yes, and <laughs> indeed, a lot of uh, forgotten knowledge that needs to be re rediscovered or reintroduced. Yes, and you know, commercial um, agribusiness has done so much to destroy so much of the planet. As a matter of fact, it's not only the impoverished people living around wilderness areas that we need to worry about. It's like in the developed world, the farmers. I mean, sometimes we're trying to protect a piece of land for some endangered species, and the farmers are trying to farm, and they're having to use lots and lots of chemicals because the land is so despoiled and then they're told, well, you know, you can't farm here anymore because because you're harming an endangered species. So we have to help them too. Yes. They they too have to have other ways of making a living, a sustainable living. Indeed. 
Um, I, I want to come back to that. I have a question for you along those lines. But I wanted to ask you first about uh, you, your institute has a partnership with a company that that we've recommended for quite some time because they have fantastic ethics and uh, are very environmentally sensitive. That, that company is called Pangea Organics, and yeah. your institute has formed a partnership with them. I wanted to ask you uh, about that. What What is that partnership, and what, what made you decide to uh, pursue that partnership? Well, to answer the last bit first, it was, as you say, because they have such good environmental uh, and, and social ethics, because that's what we look for in our partners. And we look for partners because we want to spread the message, but also we need to raise funds. All our projects are fabulous, but uh, like so many NGOs, we're hurting in the economic downturn that everybody just went through. And so to find a partner with impeccable ethics and decent people and build a partner with them in a win-win-win situation, so hopefully helping them through all the that we shall introduce to the company and the products, helping uh, helping the environment because the money that we you know that we raise will be used to help the environment, and then to help the um, the people who buy the products will benefit from ethically pure products. So it is win-win. Yes. Indeed, this is a this is a kind of company that really walks its talk. I, I've I've learned that over the years. Yeah, it's sometimes hard for us to find the right partners, but you know they're out there if you look for them. I'm sure there's many, many more than we've yet found. But Patagonia is one company that we we also work because of their great ethics. Yes, yes, and you know you mentioned the the economic challenges, and isn't it interesting how when it comes to nonprofit efforts like your own. Just a little bit of money goes a long way. For example, uh, you know the, the the financial bailout in the U.S. was almost a trillion dollars. Imagine what your institute could do with even a billion extra dollars. Uh, this, I mean, this, but these kinds of things, you know, like think of think of how we could have changed the entire structure of the world and alleviated poverty if the money spent on the last couple of wars could have been used for good purposes. I mean, it, it makes you actually sick. The money that's um, spent on making weapons, weapons that maim and kill and destroy lives and destroy communities and usually harm the environment too. Yes. For, for, for economic profit usually, you know, it's, uh, it, it's shocking. I, mean, we, I started off by saying we made a mess of the world. But the most important for people to visit, if you give it right, there's still hope. There's still hope. We have to all take Yes. We have to somehow force the politicians to make the right decisions for the future. That is extremely challenging. It's, you know, when you look at, when you were studying primates and, well, you continue to study them, but in that study, you really have to look at the long-term effects of of small uh, small changes in the environment, in the food supply, in um, stressors, for example. And yet, it seems like in our world, it's very difficult for people to see the long-term implications of short-term actions. Yeah, well, you know, the indigenous people, the Native Americans, for example, but others as well. Um, traditionally, they made a major decision when the elders gathered and. They would always ask, how will the decision we make today 
affect our people in the future. And today we make decisions based on very different criteria. How will this help me now, me and my family now, uh, my career, or the next shareholders meeting? Yes. These are the criteria we use. And you know this little phrase that's always being popped out, and it actually drives me nuts. It says, uh, I don't know who started it, but we haven't inherited this world from our parents. We've borrowed it from our children. But when you borrow, you plan to pay back. We've been stealing, stealing, stealing from our children. And at high time, we started paying back. Well said. Uh, I wanted to ask you about palm oil. There are a lot of products out there, especially in the personal care area, that use a lot of palm oil. And there's there's considerable debate about the impact of palm oil uh, contributing to the destruction of forests in Southeast Asia in particular. The company that you've chosen to partner with, Pangea, doesn't use any palm oil in their products. And I was wondering if you had some comments on why why that's important to you or if that's something that you pay attention to. Well, it's important to me um, for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> As you say, it is um, destroying the forest, which is, which is pushing various species towards extinction, not just the big charismatic ones like the orangutan and the, and the uh, tiger and so forth, but all the rest of the things, because these tropical <clears throat> rainforests are such rich, rich reservoir for so many different forms of interrelated life. And I love forests, and just, just the idea of cutting down old-growth forests in order to grow uh, plantations of oil palm is shocking. And, of course, it wasn't only in um, health beauty products palm oil also and fast and for the food we eat. Yes. And and then palm oil was being grown in enormous amounts for um, biofuel. And this whole, it's terrible. So to find a company that actually isn't using it at all and stating it isn't using it and why it isn't using it, not only is that helping, but it's uh, raising awareness about the problem. One of the things that I've noticed in this industry is that Consumers remain strongly focused on what's in their hand at the point of purchase, but not what has taken place in order to acquire those ingredients that went into that product. That's right. And that's one of the things that, you know, we, we try to have some, some suggestions for teachers doing shoots with young children. You know, let them go around the grocery store and let them look at all the, the packages that are purchased and see where they all came from, and then start learning about which ones are ethical and which ones aren't and why they're not. I mean, this is an incredible, it's geography, it's uh, learning about climate change and food miles and and uh, and also a lot about ethics as well. Wow. <laughs> Very fortunate children to be part of your program there, to have that experience. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we don't, you know, those are choices. We, we have stuff out there that, that the kids or the teachers can choose from. So Wooten Shoots is very much youth-driven, but there are a lot of teachers who want suggestions and guidelines, and in some cases, countries want whole curriculums designed, which is great, because then we impact more kids than the after-school Wooten Shoots clubs. So we really are making a pretty major impact, and it's growing all the time. You know, we're in 114 countries now. Wow. I think it's grown. I think it's 120 after my last trip through South America. 
Can how can people listening, if if they want to offer some support to your institute, what uh, can they just make a donation on your website? Absolutely, they can, and we we totally welcome it and uh, and need it. But also find us at rootsandshoots.org website as well as the janegoodall.org website, which gives more information about roots and shoots. Okay, I'll just repeat that for those listening, rootsandshoots.org, as well as janegoodall.org, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, fantastic. I'm just repeating that because there's a, there's a little bit of audio breakup happening. It's not your fault. It's just uh, it's, it's probably just some of the bandwidth issues. Uh, I'd like to ask you another question about Pangea Organics, if that's okay. And for those listening, the website for Pangea is pangeaorganics.com. And they have uh, a lot of unique philosophies that they apply to their business practices, including one thing called their their always slash never commitment. So they have things that they, that they always their, their products always are, such as handcrafted, fair trade, cruelty free, and so on. And then things that are never in their products, like uh, petroleum detergents, synthetics, artificial fragrances. That's one of the my pet peeves right there. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So uh, my question is, do you have something like this in your own philosophy with your institute, things that you always keep in mind and then things that you are always that, that you are sure to avoid uh, in, in your life or in your work? Yeah, um, it's very much the list that you've given. You know, we have an ethics committee. And uh, we we certainly look for products that are free from all the things you mentioned. And um, when I when people say, Jane, what can I do in my life to make a difference? I always say, well, if you just spend a few minutes each day thinking about choices you make, what you buy, what you eat, what you wear, um, how it was made, if it harmed the environment, if it hurt animals. Uh, if it was socially unjust, that would cause you to make small changes. And if millions and millions of people make small changes, we start to influence the companies who are making the unethical products. But you're right, because when a consumer goes to a store shelf and picks a product and pays for it, they are in essence voting for every everything that went into that product, including the, the ethical choices of that company. That's exactly right. And, you know, you get this very quickly, the, the cumulative effect of millions and millions of small choices. They, they get it. And, you know, one of, one of the ways we've introduced hope to some of the older students who really got very depressed thinking about the world is that they now know that the young people who think like they do and who have concerns for what's happening to the planet are doing the same kind of things as they're doing all around the world, or at least in 120 countries or whatever it is. So that makes them feel empowered and helps them to understand the difference that they actually are making with their individual choices. I'm glad you mentioned that word empowered because that seems to be key. When consumers feel empowered through choice, then they have a motivation to make a different choice. But when they feel helpless, when they feel there's no hope, they, they say, ah, oh, what's the difference? And they just buy anything. That's right. That's exactly right. That's, that's why my main mission in life now seems to be giving people hope. Because only if you have hope do you bother to take action. Yes. You know, taking action isn't just what you buy. 
It's also, do you bother to, to write a letter or pick up the phone or go and see, you know, your your local government representatives or your city representatives? Do you bother? Do you bother to make your, your feelings known? Or do you just let it slide by and say, well, it's nothing to do with me? Yes. Uh, now, on, on a lighter subject, I understand that your 75th birthday is coming up soon. Congratulations. No, I had it. I had it. I had it. It's like it was... Last April. I'm closer to 76. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Well, then, <laughs> yeah. then congratulations plus one. Uh, what are you? I mean, it's the 50th anniversary of Gombe that's coming ah, up. Ah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Half a century of learning about one community of chimps, and we're still learning new things, even after 50 years, because they can live to be over 60. They're all different individuals and different life histories, and family histories and so forth. So many of the of the chimps that you studied, that you named and knew very, very well, uh, they are still there uh, in that... Well, the very, very early friends I had, they've all gone. Fifi was the last. She disappeared um, four years ago. But all of those original chimps, their offspring are still around. So Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, what are your plans for the the next uh, few years? What what are you focused on? Well, I shall continue doing what I'm doing, you know, traveling. I know that makes a heavy carbon footprint, but there's no other way I can do what I do without getting on these wretched aeroplanes. I can't help it. I don't have a magic carpet. I can't walk. <laughs> so, so, okay, we try to um, carbon neutralize myself with planting millions and millions of trees and you know, doing everything else as environmentally friendly as possible. But anyway, traveling around the world and um, giving people hope and writing more books. And it's hard to find the time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last book, Hope for Animals and Their World, which is just out, you know, that again was written to encourage young people starting out and being told gloom and doom at the point trying to save that species, it's too late. And these are stories about creatures that that were deemed impossible to save, but they've been given a second chance because individuals, passionate individuals, said, no, I'm not giving up. Because these people were so inspiring to me that I had to write their stories. Do you, do you think that there is increasing uh, awareness now in, in, in the political climate of the importance of, of protecting protecting uh, all the various species around our world? I mean, is, is your message getting through to the, the national decision makers? Well, I think in, in very many cases, the message gets through, but whether that turns to change in policy um, is, is something that's very different. And it really, it does come back to the voters, to the general public, at least in a democracy it does. And the extent to which people bother to inform the people who've been selected to represent them that they want this to happen or they don't. Yes. And and that, it seems, comes down to education. Education. Also, um, a lot of it is, is economics. You know, some people, they might actually feel terribly motivated to buy ethical, organic food, but maybe they can't afford it. Yes. So we, we have to work to increase the growth rate of that, um, you know, organic food so that people can afford it. 
It also helps people not waste because if you buy something that costs a bit more, you're much more careful and we do waste so much food. Indeed we do. Lastly, I I I just want to say that your work has been such an inspiration and it's sometimes it's 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 easy to forget just how many lives you're touching. So I wanted to thank you personally for continuing to do what you do and touching so many lives, making such a difference for our collective future. Mm. And it's all over the world too. You know, I I'm amazed when I go to a place like Vietnam or South Korea or some outway place in Panama or Bolivia and people say, oh, I've waited all my life to meet you. I read your book when I was 12, Shadow of Man, and changed the way I thought. It's incredible to me that, that this has happened. Amazing. Yes. Well, keep up the fantastic work. Best to you and your institute, and we will continue to direct readers your way and... Uh, We'll be happy to talk with you again in the future. Well, terrific. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed talking to you. You as well, Dr. Goodall. Have a a great uh, evening. I will. Thank you. Okay. Take care. You've been listening to The Natural News Show. Find more articles and information at naturalnews.com.